What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Or the 30. To the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40, to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that 62-yard field goal attempt. It is good. That's good. Eagles. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. It's intercepted at the Derek 40. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We call them the Salty Dogs. Hello again, everyone, and let me welcome you back into another episode, the latest, greatest episode of the Salty Dogs. It's at least greater than the last few, Jeff, because we're going to get to talk about a win. Yeah, the latest and greatest. Latest uh, and greatest. Uh, the hits, Freshest and newest. The hits just keep on coming. Ex- uh, Salty Dogs Extreme with three X's. Yes, I like it. Um, okay, so we, we're going to talk about the game because it's a win. Yes. Much needed. Hopefully, we'll stack them up, as they say, or as you say, you know, it starts rolling. You need, have you need one. To get a couple. You need one, but yep. you need to get a couple in a row at some point, obviously. Um, but the biggest news that I think we need to start with, and we're recording this on Tuesday, so this is still really fresh, is Very. that the team has uh, waived Vernon Hargraves, the first-round pick from 2016, 11th pick overall. And it just didn't ever work out, Jeff. No, and I, I'm very disappointed because I had very high hopes that uh, – it was, uh, you know, when he was drafted, I thought, you know, he had a great career at Florida. He was re- a local guy, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yep. And his dad <clears throat> is a coach and has been around, understands football. It's a football family. And it, it really didn't work out. And I guess Sunday was, was um, you know, we noticed right away during the game, you know, when he wasn't in. And yep. I thought it was an injury. And I remember in TJ's ear saying, you need to check. He's not in there. What's going on? Yeah, and Coach was pretty forthcoming afterwards. He said, and I appreciate that. He's been like that all year, and it really makes things a lot easier. It Much. makes things it's it's easier to parse what's actually going on, um, and that helps us a lot in our jobs. Uh, it, he told us that he got pulled for uh, not running hard yeah, enough on the play, a loaf as they call yeah. it, some coaching staffs. And you've at the time he was asked which play it was, and um, he he didn't really yeah. It, go back but it was one there was it was a long it was one with a lot of yards after the catch and a lot of people pursuing Andy Isabella I think and I I would never in any way suggest that one play got a player cut no I agree there is it is unusual not unusual but is interesting timing however because the Buccaneers already Carlton Davis has already missed two games with a hip injury we don't know how he's going to be this week MJ Stewart finished that game banged up so now all of a sudden you're a little bit thin without Vernon Hargraves you've got the two rookies, Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean, who seem like they'll surely be playing a lot, and Ryan Smith, and that's it right now mm-hmm. of healthy guys. Yeah. Maybe. We don't know. We won't have an injury report until Wednesday. But if Davis and Stewart are no sure things, then you probably have to make some moves. But to me, that indicates this is something that that Jason Light and Bruce Arians felt just had to happen now because it's it's not great timing in terms no. of the injury Injuries. I think not only did they feel like it had to happen, they feel comfortable in what they have to make it happen. I'm just talking about numbers, though, Jeff. I'm oh, not talking yeah. about the future. I'm talking about this weekend. No, I am talking about this weekend. They they have to be comfortable in Dean. Well, they, they have to be uh, 
Murphy Bunting. They, I agree they, that they, they like those guys. They like I'm, them. I'm just saying your third guy is Ryan Smith, who has only played a couple Special of, teams. of yeah. defensive snaps, and, of course, one of them didn't go very well. And mm. the, you know, the long touchdown, He just right. you watch the replay of that, and it's what Coach said. He just wasn't set yet. The two, the two defensive backs, both of them walking over that side, were still walking over there when the ball was snapped. He just kind of ran right past them. And uh, – and so those that's who you've got, period. That's numbers. One guy gets hurt, and now what? So I, a couple things here. Are, are you a little concerned because, what, Drew Brees is coming? <laughs> you mean the the Drew Brees and, and uh, the Orleans offense that scored zero touchdowns at yeah, home against Atlanta's that's previously crazy. ripped defense? Yeah, that's another crazy. I don't crazy. get that one. Yeah. Uh, um, <clears throat> Uh, I lost my train of thought there. Your Jeff. thought was uh, Ryan maybe. Smith, so now who? what are well, we going to do? You only got three. Yeah, depending on Davis and, and, and MJ Stewart, which yeah. we won't know much, but you can't feel comfortable about it right now. So if you don't have those two, you're going to promote Mazzy Wilkins from the practice squad, or you can sign somebody. I don't know who's out there. Uh, try to get him ready real fast. Or maybe you like some of your safeties in different packages. Mm-hmm. We have seen some three safety packages. Or I should say three safeties, three players who are labeled as safeties on the field at the same time. They may be called a nickel or a dime in whatever coaches parlance it for is for that package. So maybe they think with Mike Edwards now more healthy and playing more and Andrew Adams and uh, you can have uh, uh, Jordan Whitehead. Maybe he can maybe one of those guys can work a little bit in the slot. Mike Edwards played all over in Kentucky. Yeah, I was just going to say you and I were pretty impressed with Mike Edwards during the, the preseason. So. Yeah, yeah, you know, he, he, he was playing pretty well. And then he got a bit slowed down by injuries, which has actually happened to a number of guys. It happened yeah. to Jamel Dean. It happened to Devin White. And a lot of those rookies are just now sort of getting in their stride. Certainly the case with Jamel Dean. Wow. Um, that, that's a remarkable story in itself. I, but that's all, that goes to show you what perseverance and what studying can do for you. That's right. It's <laughs> such a great story. Because if you, you know, he, he had a, you know, baptism by fire is what I like to call it in Seattle. And as as the struggle was in Seattle, he did make some really good plays in Seattle, yeah. and it got totally overshadowed right. because of the plays that he got burned on. Yeah, he had four passes defensed in Seattle, which is the same number he had against the Cardinals, but he also had a handful of plays that didn't go real well, as you would expect from a guy getting thrown into the fire. Mm-hmm. And his play in all – facets was much better now he didn't play every snap in this game because there was a lot of mixing up with vernon hargraves coming in and out and mj stewart started Uh in nickel and uh they tried some different combinations there Uh, but he played about i think like 55 percent of snaps and uh he was in there at the end in crunch time and he made the he made the play in crunch time he he even had the pass defense on the very last play of the game Mm. which was kind of a desperation which he said he knew exactly where it was going that was the interception yeah but that's your point, point, if you want to yes. continue it, with, about watching the extra film. Well, I think what I found it um, interesting, you know, you're around this game so much and, you know, a game ends and you just move on and you don't really think about players. You think of them as football players, but not necessarily as human beings and how, how it affects them. You know, fans feel bad when they lose and, you know, players have to move on. But I think after the Seattle game, listening to uh, Coach Arians talk about how he came in on Monday, little down, his other players around him, his fellow teammates said, hey, put your head up. And he goes in with Todd Bowles to study all week. And I'm curious because I'm hoping that we get to talk with him soon. Um, I'm curious when you watch film study, are you looking at, 
what you did wrong and then what you need to do right against the team you're facing. So I'm curious of how that that the nuts stuff. and bolts of what yeah, the how does that for how does that come about and what you're looking at and is it is it like you're going ah oh, dang I, if I would have just turned this way I it would have changed everything. I imagine a lot of it has to do with recognition of what is coming, mm -hmm. which comes with experience. Uh, you probably have keys, certain things you're supposed to read by how they're aligned and so on, and what you've seen in film when they do this, they're going to do this, etc. So I imagine it had something to do with that. And but go ahead. Well, I was just going to say because of the film study, that's where he said he he told us after the game, he knew where the ball was going, and Kyle Murray said, "No way, yeah. no no chance in hell is yeah. this guy supposed to intercept the ball." Yeah, which is kind of cool because cool. most I don't want to say players are going to exaggerate a little bit, like oh, I knew what was going on all the time, but. It's kind of backed up with the fact that the guy that threw the pick, oh, there's no way he, he should have gotten that. Yeah. So to put some details to all of that, Jamel said that last week, and it was later cor corroborated by the coaches, he spent an extra hour every day with Todd Bowles watching film. Yes. And he thinks that because he, he said he didn't feel like he prepared properly for the last game, which you can forgive him a little bit because he – go ahead. Well, I, I, I know what you're going to say. You can finish your thought, which he, you were giving him because didn't, he didn't he was, know he was going to play. He didn't play. know he was going to play, but still. But that's my question. That I, I'm just very curious when you say, well, I, I didn't study as hard. I, I don't know about hard. Or maybe that is the wrong word. It, but it's it, a learning process. He's a rookie. But that's what, I, that, that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. I'm taking a long time to land this okay. plane. Um, but you're not really sure what you're supposed to be looking at all the time because right. you're not in the game, so to speak. You're you don't know there. the challenges until you get faced with I, the challenges. Right, and then when you, you start seeing how you played and you see it on film, what you're doing, and you're going, ah, I, I can see right now where, where I'm going know, wrong. He didn't know what he didn't know. There you go. Uh, but that paid off, and, and to your point, that he said, he said, you said he told it to you, but he also said mm -hmm. it right as he started talking to the media, um, I mean, like the first or second question was asked about that. And it was very, oh, yeah, I, so I, when I saw them do X, I knew exactly what uh, he said. He said there was only one place they could go with the ball. So he saw something very clearly and knew, okay, I got to get over here because that's the only place Lazy. this ball is going. And he was right. If he, if he doesn't read that quickly enough and react, he's not there in time, which is what Kyler Murray, Kyler Wait, Murray was saying. saying. Right. He said, no way in hell I thought he could get to that yeah. ball. Yeah, there, it, it's fascinating. Yeah, it was really great. Well, well you know, you, you always hear it's a chess match. It's a chess match. Who's doing what? Who's going where? And it could not have come at a bigger time. You talk about interceptions when yeah. you really – because if they score there, then it's – It's knows? over. Yeah. yeah, it's a game – it's the game changing. It's the finishing play that we hadn't been getting in the last five minutes mm -hmm. of the fourth quarters and, and had therefore been losing close games and some in overtime. And uh, we actually had two – takeaways on drives that reached the red zone because Levante David's fumble was forced fumble was the same thing. I'm talking about, okay, we, a red zone drive is called that if the offense takes a snap anywhere from the 19 in. So a turnover on a red zone drive is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about mm -hmm. catching the ball. Like if they throw yeah. it from the 50 and you catch it at the 10, you're inside what's the 20, but that's not a red zone drive. Yeah. So you get my point, right? Sure, totally. Two drives in the red zone ended by takeaways by the Bucks defense I can't have not yet been able to find another instance of that happening. That's how rare that is really? for us. You mean for us or in the for league? For us. I, okay. I couldn't do that research for All the whole right. league. But I have, and I've been maintaining since 1997, mm -hmm. a lot of different stat breakdowns. And one of them is game by game inside the 20. So I can look through them all the way back to 97 and find every game to see 
if there were any, if there were two, and that I couldn't through 97, from 19 back through 97. And then I was able to use some box scores and so on and get all the way back to 1990. And then in 1989, the drive charts kind of become a little wonky and it's harder to work with. So I was only able to go back through 90, but that's the first time that's happened since 90. That's unreal. At least. Wow. That's how rare that is. All I can say about 54 is you forget about him. (laughs) And, And I say that because he just is so damn good all the time that you just kind of go, oh, that's Levante. What? But the, the forcing, I mean, he he forced that yeah, fumble. Right, pulled it out. Pulled it out, totally. Yep. And um, he's such a quiet guy and plays so so fast. There's like, he's sixth in the league since he came in the league and forced fumbles, but everybody else in the top, like, 15 are edge rushers because they get the strip sacks. Mm-hmm. He's the only, excuse me, only real off-the-ball linebacker or any other type of defender that's anywhere close to the top of that. And he's first in fumble recoveries because yeah. he just always gets the ball. Ball hawk. Ball hawk. When it's all said and done, Jeff, and hopefully that's not for some years now, is Levante David going to be a top five all time for you? Oh, I think so. No question. I mean, no, well, he's got, was he uh, nine years now with us? This is ninth year? 12, 2012, so eighth year. Yeah, eighth year. Okay. So uh, hopefully he plays, you know, 15 or mm-hmm. something like that, and then they're all here. You know, I'm talking about guys that you've been, been around. around. And uh, enjoyed watching, and then also enjoy how professional yeah. they are. Uh, Rondé, Derek Brooks. You could take Levante. Mike you could take Levante and put him in that category of players He's of that there, era. Yes, right? and, and he would fit right. He would have fit right in. He would have fit right. He would have. They would have loved him. Yeah, he. It wouldn't have been. Oh, who's this guy? You know, if you go back to the future with him, yeah. you wouldn't. They would have loved yeah, him on it, that team. Seriously, seriously, and he would have fit in perfect. It was already pretty stacked at linebacker. Well, so it's been hard to get him all in the no, field. No, I, I understand that. No, your I, point I, is a good one. My, it's just you know, it, it, that demeanor, that kind of guy. Uh, you called the the game a chess match. So, what do you think about a head coach basically sacrificing one of his pawns by purposely throwing a challenge flag when he knows he can't and it'll cost his team a timeout? I like it because he's basically he's he, well, I probably shouldn't say this, but he, he's putting the official on notice. Right. Listen. Look at it's a screen. hard game. It's going really fast, but just look up there. You missed this. You miss this. That that cost us. And coaches and managers work the officials in every you sport. Have, the players work the officials. It's because you think over time, whether it's true or not, that if you if you if they realize they, they messed you up, maybe they'll give you the call the next mm-hmm. time, right? Or maybe they'll pay a little more attention to something that's occurring. Or you, you just watch a game and watch how many players walk by an official and talk about he's holding me, right. he's pushing me, he's wow 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 wow, you know. <laughs> and so it does play out. I I like the fact that he did it um, simply because I, th- I thought it was also a breather time mm-hmm. to slow, the, slow what was going on down. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. thought that was a very smart play. Um, now, if you don't win that game and you needed that timeout, then perhaps you're arguing about something differently. Right. But I think as the game ended, I kind of have to say it worked. It definitely worked, and I, and I think that's part of the calculation as a coach you make, you know. Yeah, it's possible we'll need this tight end at this time out at the end, but I'm going to go ahead and roll the dice a little bit and say I need to make this point and I need to do something for this team right now. 
and hopefully it won't hurt us, and it didn't. So it was a, it was a worthy gamble, mm-hmm. I would say. Not a huge gamble. Yeah, and and listen, Bruce Bruce Arians knows what's going on at all times. Mm-hmm. Don't be fooled. Mm-hmm. You know, people aren't sure. Oh, he, he can't be doing that. He forgot how many flags he, he, he knew. He knew, and and it, he knew it wasn't going to cost him 15 yards because it used to cost you 15 yards if you threw a yeah a, a, right now it's a, a challenge flag. Out. Yeah, and it's just a, uh, so. I read a lot of comments on that because there's always going to oh, be people that are going to go, yeah, they're going to think you're dumb, right? Yeah. And, and most of the comments or a lot of the comments were along the lines of wouldn't wouldn't have had to do that if he hadn't wasted his two challenges earlier in the game. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you clearly did not watch the game. He got, he won the first challenge. He, thank you. Okay, the first challenge was win and uh, what was it? It was uh, the f- fumble. It was the Levante fumble, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, the next challenge was the one where MJ Stewart was called for DPI. And it looked in replay like OPI on Larry Fitzgerald. The only reason why that doesn't get changed is because of Larry. I don't know. I think I, they're not overturning any of those. I mean, although we do have to discuss one they did overturn. I know, but I'm just saying is you're going to give the benefit of the benefit of the doubt to a, a veteran receiver, and and that's just it's just like in baseball. You know, if a 350 average hitter doesn't swing at that ball, well, it must not be a strike. So, <laughs> so the coaches are all going through this like. I, they see the numbers, they, they watch replays and think they're going to get the call overturned and mm-hmm. don't, and they have to factor all that in. But you see several of them, including Bruce this week, saying, I'm going to keep throwing them because I can see that they should be overturned. I, I, we may not win them all, but I'm going to keep throwing them. Mm-hmm. And thank God he did, Yeah. right? Because, no, I, no, actually he didn't have to throw the flag on the, on the Mike Evans one. That came from upstairs. Yeah, thank because goodness. it was within two minutes. I couldn't believe that, that, even though you could see, obviously, he falls on his legs. Now, there's a perfect example of missing. I'm not sure why a flag wasn't thrown there. It looked like he got tackled. Yes. Which he did, essentially, because right. the guy and, accidentally fell on his legs. And that was and, and immediately... You know, we were saying, of course, everyone was saying, you know, you need to challenge that. And, and, and then I said, you can't. It's got to come upstairs. And as soon as I said it, boom, there it goes. But I think that um, I'll, I'll, I'll give the I'll play devil's advocate here for the ref side on this one. Um, you could look at that and describe it the way the defensive back described it afterwards. Yeah. I can't remember which one it was. But he said, yeah, we got tangled up and we fell down. I could maybe see a ref seeing that happen in fast time and thinking mm-hmm. that's what happened. You slow it down. Thank goodness they slowed it down because it's slowed down. You can see they're not tangled up. He he tries. He might makes a move on him and he tries to stay with him and he falls and just happens to land on the back yes. of Mike's legs, which he didn't do it maliciously on purpose, but it happened. But it, it, and it's a penalty. So he tackled him. Yeah. And Mike and Jameis believe that had he not been tackled, oh, is it a touchdown? It's so hard to tell though because you see you see it and you're like, boy, that's a big dif- distance because he gets tackled near the front of the end zone and the ball goes sort of back corner. But those guys know how quickly he would have covered that distance, I guess. And I think, in fairness, when everybody talks about, you know, why are you doing a replay challenge, and it—it's not. If you're sitting at home, it's easy to say yes or no. But when you're there and it's happening, first of all, you got two chances. If you're at home, you get to see the replay up on the board, okay? But that's an in-house replay at first. That means. Uh, stadium cameras are showing that. You mean if you're the home team? If you're the home team. I thought you meant if you're a person viewing it. No, no. But what happens is just because you see it, if you look up and you see, oh, yeah, his knee's down on that camera angle, that's not the camera angle they use. They use the TV version. 
And so now you're right. at the mercy of the other. Those are our own camera people. Correct. And so now you're you now you're trying to pick out what the network is showing because that is actually what New York is looking at, and that is what. Uh, the the official looks at and the reason why they do that is so that no one has an advantage of being at home yeah that you're looking at that a different sense. camera angle that's kind of like but it's it's going so quick i mean when we're sitting there to give you a quick thing we i have two feeds i have a truck feed which is real time and then i have what's on the air feed which is i can see both and oh, it's, aren't you fancy? And, well, they're delayed. Look at all the feeds you have. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, is you can see it live or you watch it live. And then when you look up, you're seeing a replay. You're seeing it again. So you're seeing it three times. You can't tell right away. Yeah. And so it's a gut feeling. And and then you got to go by what the player tells you. Yeah, and also you, most teams now have at least one person who's in the headset who is – that's their job. To, do, to advise you whether or not to do it. Yeah, but they're just looking at the same. I know, it's, I know. It's, I agree with it's that. It's just a guy that is focused more on looking That's at it. That's his one job. That's yeah, his one job, yeah. Uh, so had that. But I will say this before we, and then I'll let you talk. <laughs> but I laugh because they have all the ex-officials on all the different networks. Hell, they can't get it they're right. They're wrong most of the time. I, it, it just cracks me up. Okay, it just think cracks it was, me up. I think it was Gene's territory on the yes. LSU-Alabama game. Mm -hmm. And he, there was Missed. a catch by Moss on the sideline, yep. and he tried to explain it like three different ways, and I think yep. he was wrong every time. He was. Was that the one where he uh, reestablished yeah, himself? Yeah, I, I don't get it. I yeah. still don't understand that call. He left. territory didn't help me at all. Well, I understood. Uh, he left the field to play, got back in the field to play, established himself, caught the ball, and kept both feet in. Yeah, my point being there, mu there must be difference between college and NFL I rules. I believe there is. Because – what by you saying reestablished, all he did was his foot was standing out of bounds, and then right before the ball got there, he jumped back out, put his toes down, and caught the ball. He was reestablished, as mm -hmm. you say, and I did air quote marks there yes. for about half a second. Scotty Miller stepped on the back line, took like three steps in bounds, and he's not reestablished. Because uh, the reason why is if, if an offensive player goes out of bounds, he can't be the first person to touch the ball in the in, NFL. In the NFL, so that's not the case in college. I don't believe so. No. Well, see. I, but I don't. But but in that particular instance, it would have to be because he went out of bounds, came back in yeah, and established me, himself. Uh, Scotty Miller has established himself, except that he can't touch. The he ball can't first. touch the ball first. Right. Once you stepped out of bounds. So I'm I thinking those, those two rules. Would it be must different. be different in college. Yeah. But then don't use the word reestablish because just not being out of bounds when the ball arrives is reestablishing. That, that doesn't mean anything to me. Just say you were in bounds and there's yeah. no rule about stepping out first. So. You said I could talk after all. Now you may. So that call, that overturned call and the, and the penalty made it, instead of being third and 10 from the 13, which is a pretty tenuous situation, you got two plays to either get 10 yards or a touchdown or you lose the game. Now it's first and goal at the one. And if I'm the defense, I'm trying, but if I'm that team, I don't feel very confident that you're going to stop them four straight times. They did stop two of them. Mm -hmm. On the last play, uh, so on all those three of those plays, I believe Vita Vea was in the game. He was. And in the second to last play, he motioned over. So he was like on the end of, on the left end of the line, sort of a jumbo power package over there. But we ran up the middle and tried to jump over the top. Third play. Didn't work. Didn't work. Third play, same thing. But this time we run in his direction. Mm -hmm. Coach said after the game that Vita Vea blocked three players. Yes. I probably thought that was exaggeration on his part. It is and not. then I saw the replay. It, he literally blocks three guys. And, was, and I'm not saying he was big and wide and he simultaneously blocked three guys. He blocked the defensive end down 
to seal off the corner. Then he blocked a linebacker, and then he flipped the safety. It was like bam, 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 three straight blocks. It was incredible. We 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 said on the air that he blocked three people, and it almost was kind of like a chuckle. He's so big, he blocked three people. That's not people, what happened. But it was real. It was true. We really meant he blocked three people. And I think his size helps yeah. because he didn't have to move much Do to you get know from he, one to the next Did you know guy. he was a running back in high school? I did, and um, – I had the fortune. I had to take something to Jason Light's office yesterday, uh-huh. and uh, while I was there, he said, "Hey, let me show you." The, and he showed me the tape that Bruce was talking about because Jason had given that tape to Bruce on Monday to watch, and so I got to see the video highlights of Vita Van as a high school running yeah. back. It was eye-opening and hilarious yes, at the same time because there were plays where there was some little. Poor, unfortunate, sixteen-year-old, <laughs> seventeen-year-old safety who's probably about my height, and Vita Vea, who's, who's now playing soccer. <laughs> Vita Vea is running at him in the open field, and the, I mean, this kid's like, uh, uh-uh, no chance no. I'm getting in the way of that. Uh, Coach said during his uh, radio show that um, down the road it could be uh, that could be a possible play. If, at the very least, put it in your opponent's put head. It in, put it in your opponent's head that if he's out there, he could be running. <laughs> he could be running through. But he was nimble. Uh, That's the thing. He still is nimble. Yes. For he's a big, he's but, bigger than he was then. Got quick feet. He's got good feet, which for, is why he was a first round draft mm-hmm, pick. For guy, big. yeah, unreal. But that and was that, that was great. Yeah, that, that that was pretty funny though. But I didn't know he was a running back until coach mentioned. Yeah, him. and uh, well, I'm sure he played several positions. Oh, I, I yeah, went high school. You, you do. wouldn't just put him at running back yeah. when he could probably blow up defense <laughs> offensive lines as well. But uh, that's just unfair. He was so much bigger than yeah. everybody else in the field, and he was just getting. He probably had to take runs. his birth certificate to everywhere he went because he could. You know, I'm 12. Yeah. No, really, prove seriously. It. <laughs> yeah. There was another play on that reel where he wasn't – it was a fumble by the offense, not by him, and a defensive player picked it up and was running it back the other way, and he chased him down. And, I mean, he's like twice the size of this kid yeah. – size of this kid. And, I mean, the speed was – it was impressive. Uh, it must have been an, a lot of fun to play as a teammate on that guy's team in I, high school. I am – I think he is I, – I don't I'm not, I don't like most improved, but I think he is coming into his own this year as a NFL player. Well, the thing about Vita and, and, and anybody who plays this position, you kind of have to know what's going on to know how good he's playing because mm-hmm. he's not going to get 15 sacks. Nope. He did knock down a pass, um, which is good. Get your hands up. Uh-huh. Uh, he's not going to have a huge stat line by the end of the year. But you know how important he is when you look at the film. And you and also when you see certain things like the, the how hard it is to run up the middle against the Buccaneers, which is something Bruce – Here's two things in specific, because not everything that Bruce thought would happen or said he thought would happen in the offseason have happened, like the secondary is not yet fixed. No. Um, but he said Chris Godwin has a chance to be a 100-catch receiver, mm-hmm. which is I think he's on pace for it. But even if he doesn't quite get it, the point is made. Mm-hmm. And he said it's going to be really, really hard to run on us up the middle with Vita Vein and Dominican Sue. And, and it's 100% true. N- number one against the run, correct? Yeah, and but in particular, it's been very hard to run up the middle on us. So you mm. saw they did get a couple plays around the, the outside, end. Yeah. Arizona did. So that's cool. Um, one other th- – and the uh, another thing I wanted to bring up before we're done here, uh, and Coach talked about how good the two-minute offense has been this mm-hmm. year. And uh, I decided to look up the numbers after he said that yesterday and – He's the numbers back him up completely. We we are the we have the most points. I think it's sixty five on two minutes scored in the last two minutes of either half. The last two games in particular, that's four endings of the halves. Right, two mm-hmm. first halves, two second halves. 
in Seattle, the first one he got us in position with very little time to, for a field goal try, but Matt Gay missed. Mm -hmm. And then the last three, it was a touchdown at the end of Seattle that sent it to overtime. And then this last game it was touchdown at the end of the first half, O.G. Howard. Touchdown at the end of the second half. What about in Tennessee? Or in Tennessee, there were good ones in Tennessee didn't we, too. Didn't we hit one in Tennessee going into? Well, we the, have nine touchdowns. Yeah, but didn't we? Didn't we score going into the half in Tennessee? Um, yes, yes we did. Yes we did. I got it right here. We scored yeah. at the end of the game in New Orleans, although we were down yep. two at the time. We scored at the end of both halves, touchdowns in, against the Rams. I, one of those was defensive. Mm, but I think that I think that's what's so frustrating about this year is you give yourself chances to win and you just don't. Yeah. Close the door until last week, until and, Sunday, until Sunday, and close the and, door defensively. Go ahead. Yep. No, you're right. And had a 90. Now, now the last four drives that the Buccaneers had against Arizona on Sunday all started inside their 20 yard line, and three of them started at the 11 or or farther back. So they're the Bucks are in a tough position. The offense every time, and that's exactly what the opposition wants. We've got a lead. We got to push them back, make them have to go the length of the field. Usually they won't be able to. Well, on those four drives, we got a field goal and a touchdown. Mm -hmm. So great job by the offense. That 92-yard drive was the first drive longer than 78 yards, scoring drive for us all year. And so you're sitting there, you have to get 92 yards, and you do. I'm impressed. Mm -hmm. Very. I, there's one play that kind of gets overlooked on in everything that's been going on. But the pass over the middle. To Godwin? No. The catch by Scotty Miller. Yeah, that's right. Was a, tr a tremendous catch. A tremendous catch. A trem and and when he made that catch, it made me go. Now I know. Now you know why. He's now here. now I know why he's here. He if he ever gets into his groove where he's supposed to be, he's gonna he's gonna be very valuable to us. But that was a huge grab, and it kind of goes by the wayside because of everything else that went on. But he changed the field right there. That was. Yeah. The I don't know how long that pass was, but it was you know. It put us past the. I think it was twenty eight yards. Yeah, the uh, the next thing I want to see for Scotty Miller is one of those like quick slants or some mm. real quick route mm. where then he runs like he did in all his Bowling Green highlights, yeah. yeah. kind of like Andy Isabella did to yes. us a couple times. Yes, um, get him, get, get in his hands quick with a little bit of room to run and let him start making moves. That's the next thing I want to see. And before we go, OJ Howard got a touchdown. Yes, and he was wide open. Seven targets. Mm -hmm. That's the most he's had all year, so yep. he was involved. Now, Arizona has the worst defense in the league against tight ends. Keep that in mind. I know. But he exploited it, made that nice catch down the seam where he got hit. Mm -hmm. That was a great play. So, you wanted to wrap it up then? Yeah. Well, yeah before we, we do, uh -huh. before you we got, do, let me say that Pro Bowl battling has begun. Oh, yes. Uh, on NFL.com. Mm -hmm. So, go there and support our players, anybody you think is worthy. Levante uh, David, we've talked 54. About uh, obviously, both of our receivers, mm -hmm. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Um, Ali Marpet, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, but Levante David deserves a it. A big one for Levante. Yeah. Shaq Barrett. Oh, yeah. I forgot that uh, one. Shaq, Shaq Barrett should be in the Pro Bowl. Yeah. He's, he continues to he still tied goes. for the league leader. Yeah. Yeah, just when you think he's he's cold, he gets another sack. Well, notice since yeah. JPP came back, he has two and a half sacks mm -hmm. in three games. Helping him out, yeah. If he continues to get one sack a game, he's going to be our all-time record holder in that. That's unreal. Because Warren Sapp has a record at 16 and a half. Unbelievable. So maybe that'll happen. But, yeah, go support our guys. Yep. Mike Evans should be there. It's hard to imagine two receivers on the same right, team, but Chris yeah. Godwin is just as deserving. I agree. He just doesn't have the – you know, Mike has been there already, so he's got the – Yeah, he's got – well, he also has more of the name right now. Yeah. But it, yeah, Chris will come along. There's always. There are Pro Bowls in Chris Godwin's future. I hope. It seems I unlikely hope. that that would not be true. Yep. All, All right. right, so let's wrap it up, get to right. the next segment with our guests, and then and finally at the end we'll answer your questions. 
the Salty Dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast. Uh, this is our favorite part, of course, because we get a player in here for the second segment, and today it's the man of the hour, Jamel Dean. Thanks for being with us. Uh, it's, not, it's great to be here. We're walking down here, Jeff, yeah. and uh, Coach was giving a little trouble about singing or something. He says, yeah. everybody's on about everything right yeah, now. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you make big plays. Everybody wants to talk to you. You know, it's a double-edged double sword. The teachers pay most attention to the ones they have the most hope that's for. That's right? it. There you Jamel, go. Jamel, one of the best stories to come out of this game – this last game is you told the media right afterwards. You had the big pick, obviously. It was such a huge play in the game. And you told the media afterwards uh, that after your first game, you felt like you wanted to prepare differently, and you, you went to Todd Bowles' office and you watched extra film every day. And then the coaches said the same thing, so mm -hmm. you weren't exaggerating. Just tell us a little bit about that and what it did for you. I mean, it was, it, it was like allowing me to play fast on the field and see things better. So knowing that I could recognize it from film study, it really helped me, like, anticipate certain stuff that was going on in the field. After the Seahawks game, when you watched film, did you watch the Seahawks game and, and what you were doing, or did you watch New Orleans and see what they were doing? And then, or both. Or both. You see what I'm saying? What uh, were you that, learning from? Yeah. What type of film were you Did you just from? watch yourself and go, oh, I should have turned this way, I should have gone that yeah, way? Yeah, I, I kind of watched myself for it to see, like, what I could have did better on that rep. Mm -hmm. And then going into the Arizona Cardinals game, I had Coach Bo tell me, what, what he sees so I could be able to see the same thing. Still, that's a lot to absorb yeah. in one week. It's kind of impressive that you could absorb all that. Did it, was, it, was it tough? I mean, I, I've always been a fast learner. Okay, so yeah. once I like, put my mind on something and really study hard on it, right. I'll pick it up quick. Well, I mean, you go out to Seattle and all of a sudden you're starting to warm up and they say, you're up. What, take us through that process for I, you I other mean, than, oh, my gosh. I mean, it caught me off guard because I, I, I always been like a special teams guy. Mm -hmm. So then once my name was called, I was like kind of shocked. So then knowing that I was going against one of the top quarterbacks in the league, <laughs> yeah. I kind of was like nervous at first. But then I was like, this is a game I needed to get a feel for the NFL regular season game. Well, yeah, apparently did. I, you said also said after the game on that, that interception – I'm paraphrasing, but it was something along the lines of as soon as I saw something, I knew there was only one place he was going to go with the ball. Was that so? Was, was that a, a a product of that film study you were talking about? Yeah, that was. So can you explain that to us, what you saw and, and what you knew you had to do? Well, I realized he had a cut split. So I, remember, I know – so like seeing the cut split and then I was looking at him the whole time to figure out where he was looking, and I realized he was looking on the other side of the field. So I just kind of figured what route he had just based off of that. His alignment and where he kept looking. I don't know what a cut split I is. I was just going to say. I probably, you, you said that it was such like you looked at us like, yeah, I did. Uh, he's doing a cut smith. Uh, well, explain it to us. Well, what a is cut that? split is when receivers line up inside the numbers. Okay, I understand and that. And then closer to the tackle of the office alignment. Okay. So you had a feeling he was going to do the crossing route, right? And so you let him get underneath you but then undercut him. Yeah. Was that the technique you were supposed to use at that point? Yeah, they always say – if you're in good position and you're going to undercut it, you better make the play. Okay. Yeah, right. Because if you miss it, he's mm -hmm. gone, right? Yeah. It's a touchdown. Yeah. Well, it's feast or famine when you're in your position all the time, right? They, either they're loving you or they're not loving you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> did you Did you guys come out of that game? You know, there was a lot of talk the previous couple games and a good handful of games this year have been so close. And the players and coaches say, we just need to finish we need to be the ones making the big plays at the end. And not only your pick, but then a 92-yard drive with a lot of big plays. Did, did you guys come out feeling like, see, I knew we could do this, we can finish. And does that help you going forward? 
yeah, we all yeah, that, that was a feeling we had, knowing that we we had the capability of finishing. We just know we just gotta be able to just execute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody talks about um locker room and teammates and how they help each other out and after the Seattle game, uh your teammates rallied around you somewhat and said, hey, you know, welcome to the NFL. In fact, you even said, welcome to the NFL. Um, what does that mean as, as a young player for yourself to be listening to guys who have been through it and say, hey, we all have done this? Well, it, it, it kind of like gives me a, a better feeling about myself because knowing that that's part of, that's part of the game, mm-hmm. everybody's going to get beat because everybody in the league is good. So you just can't expect to dominate they got every player in the league because your day going to come when it's going to be one of those days where he'll get the best of you. Very quick memory, too, <laughs> or uh, able to forget and keep going. Because you, you made some – you know, uh, the Seattle game, Scott and I talked about this uh, previously. Uh, you made some plays in, in the in the Seattle game. Knocked and they, away four passes. Yeah, you yeah. knocked away four passes, but it kind of gets lost because we didn't win. Yeah, that's – Right. So it would probably have been a little bit better if we would have won, but the fact that we lost and then I given up three touchdowns, so it looked, kind of looked bad on my part. <laughs> wow. You can't take it all on your, your shoulders, <laughs> but I, I do appreciate the fact that you're you're a stand-up kind of guy saying, I gave up the three touchdowns. You know. Jamal, I was watching you uh, answer those questions for Jeff, and um, I, I feel like I noticed that when somebody asks you a question, you pause for a second. And think about it rather than just firing off the first thing. And that's a really good strategy, by the way. Did somebody teach you that along the way, or is that just the way you are? No, just, that's just the way I am. So I that's like how it. you didn't pause it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like, I meant that as a compliment, by the way. Yeah, I, I usually like to gather my thoughts before I just speak. Well, I don't want to say the wrong thing. That'll serve you well in your very long career. He paused at one time because I made an error. I was Well, I what, couldn't understand you either. I, well, what I was trying to say was <laughs> I, I, I was saying the um, – Seattle game and the Arizona game, but I've been focusing on the Saints game. Oh, I said okay. Saints, and I got that that you know bright eye yeah. look of what are you well, talking? As about? long as we're on that subject, Michael Thomas. I mean, that's the only guy really catching a ton of passes for them amongst the receivers. They've got you know Kamara gets a bunch, but so you would think that defenses would be able to to say we're taking that away, but I mean you can't, right? I mean you just can't completely shut out Michael Thomas. Is that right? And why? I mean because. He's one of the top receivers in the league. He's going to get his in. Yeah, right. But w- when we played the Saints the first time, Mike Evans is one of the top two or three receivers in the league, and somehow they managed to keep the ball away from him for most of the day. I, I think they just – and Chris Godwin had a huge day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just saying Michael Thomas, maybe because of the routes he runs or the option routes or whatever, you can contain him hopefully, but it's it's pretty hard to just shut him out, right? Yeah, it's, it's pretty hard to shut him out. It, the, main, the main thing is just to contain him. Okay. Are you, you'll have some some reps against them, I'm guessing, right? Because they line them up all over. Yeah, I'll, I'm pretty sure I'll line them against them. That'll be a good matchup, I'm mm-hmm. thinking, because as Coach was saying, he's quick, but he's just, he's a big, strong guy too, and that's your strengths as well, right? I mean, you looking forward to that matchup? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. They help me get better. Yeah. Well, he's big. He's tall. <laughs> that's what I said. Yeah, I mean, uh, and fast. Um, we've faster had a, than you for sure. <laughs> we've had a few of your uh, fellow 2019 draft class mates mm-hmm. in here recently scotty matt um and we like to ask them what they think of the area how they're acclimating to tampa what's it been like for you coming down here well i mean i've always been a florida native so that's true coco that's true had you been to tampa before uh i really haven't been to tampa before but i the vibe i get here is kind of like a chill laid-back area okay 
That's good. Well, if you, if you were in Coco, what was your team? Uh, it was Coco High. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, were, yeah, you yeah, yeah, were you a Dolphins fan? Yeah, I know it was Coco High, but I mean, were you a Dolphins fan? And you can be, you can be straight here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it may be weird, but honestly, I was always a Tennessee Titan fan. Titans fan. All right, all right. You wait a second. You got, th- you have three, t- you have three NFL teams in your state, all about two hundred miles away from you, from from Coco Beach. So, what? Uh, KLJ is back when Vince Young used to play for him. Okay, oh, it's a Vince Young thing. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, it was more of a Vince Young thing, and then. By root for him, I was root for the Titans, so it's just kind of like. Right. All right, now I have to ask: Was that because of fantasy football, or because you were just a fan of his? No, I was just a fan of his. Okay, good. That's a he good was a answer. Texas. He was. Wasn't he a Texas guy? Yeah, he was. You just liked this game. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, that is. So that's how you become a Titans fan. So, yeah. Well, uh, go ahead. You got to play the Titans, so I mean, you got to play in that stadium, so that must have been a cool experience. Yeah, it was cool. It was my second time playing there. Oh, first from, time. Oh. Oh, the first time was my last game of college. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't know that. See, that's why we have was, these was conversations. That a bowl game? Was that a bowl game? Yeah, it was a Music bowl game. Music City Bowl, then. Yep. There you go. Good for you. Were you? Were you? Yep. I went to Northwestern. Were you there for? You guys played Northwestern twice, I think, in bowl games. Were you there for? No, I wasn't there for that. Yeah, that was too, that was before your time, I guess. Way before. Oh, shut up, Jeff. Way it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> so it, you you like the area, but it's not that new to you because you're from Florida. Obviously, your your career is starting to take off. You're getting to play a lot more. So, what's it, how do you feel? Has it been a whirlwind? Are you satisfied with your rookie season? How are you feeling right now? I mean, I really can't, like, judge how I'm feeling right now until, like, later on in the season Mm because it's too early. What uh, What's the family saying? I mean, they're close, so are they coming over to see the games? What's going on? Yeah, they they come to this game because they feel like this is, like, a real Uh, important game for the city. Oh, okay. Because not only they coming for me, but they're coming for one of the Saints players because we both played on the same high school. Who's that? Chauncey Gardner John. Oh yeah, okay. Really? So it's kind of a reunion then. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so he's a safety, but they've been playing him a lot in nickel situations yeah. too. Yeah. He's a good player, huh? Yeah, he's a good player. Where'd he go to college? Oh, he went to Florida. Okay. All right. Wow. I don't follow college. So all that, so so now it's a caravan coming over. Pretty much. Are they hitting you up for tickets? <laughs> oh yeah, they've been <laughs> that's part of the process. <laughs> that's tough, right? I'll I'll help you out. There are no free tickets in the NFL. I know. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> Everybody thinks, they, Oh, they, it's easy peasy. No, yeah, it's not. They're thinking it's like college. Oh yeah. It's it's just a slam dunk, right? <laughs> all right, Jamel. Well cool. I hope they I hope they all enjoy the game and it's a win and, and so it's a fun experience for everybody. Although I guess some people will be rooting for Gardner Johnson, so <laughs> somebody will be happy one way or the other. Well, either way they're winners, right? It, anyway. Thank you very much for your time. It was, it was short notice, and you did it after practice, so I'm sure you're tired and ready. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate you having me. The Salty Dogs. All right, we're back one last time here on the Salty Dogs podcast for week 11. Mm. Week 11 of the season. It's hard to believe it's already in the middle of November. Yeah, I know. Well, that's because it's still 80-something I, degrees. You know, I'm, I didn't get to uh, ask you, but um, did you feel like you had, like, a long weekend off because you didn't travel last Saturday? It was Saturday? great. I, I'll say the Saturday was nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't accomplish as much as, as much as I would have liked, but I did get a few things done. Oh, I nailed it Saturday. Did you? I was, you made Linda happy? Uh, went through the list? Dude, I, I pressure cleaned the sidewalk and the driveway. Yeah, I mowed I, the lawn, and I did the pool. The and I did the pool. I mean, I that's got it all. Day. And and it was all done 
before three thirty in the LSU Alabama games. Nice. I was, was on the fun. couch by then. Did you? Do you own your own pressure washer? Uh no. I just know people who have oh. one, <laughs> and so I borrowed it. Is it a good one? It's a big one. It's industrial strength. So it really gets the job With done with the big, you know, the big uh, brush thing you put on it, yeah. and it goes like that, swirls oh, it around. Oh, Oh yeah, yeah. You can knock it out. Do quick. you drive it? No, no. You just it's it looks like it's real heavy, but it's not. And you just yeah, it's kind of like you're uh, doing uh, rugs. Interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. Sure. That's my next business. <laughs> Pressure washing. <laughs> yeah, things don't go right <laughs> in this career. Yeah. Yeah, it seems pretty tenuous for you here. I understand. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so we we're going to ask questions. Um, we're going to we're going to answer questions. We're gonna answer questions. You're going to ask the question. All right. All right. You ready? Yep, I am. All right. This one comes from Mike in Connecticut. Hey, dogs, I am one of the few Bucks fans living in Chile, Connecticut. Did, didn't we have a Vermont one a couple weeks ago? Yeah, I believe we did. Uh, we're, we got a nice little fouling up in the northeast. Listen, anybody up north right now is chilly with that Arctic right. blast rolling through. I'd like a little bit of that down here. Uh, Not a lot of it. Tomorrow. Tomorrow it's going to be. That Green Bay game was cool. I love watching the snow. We need a snow game. Yes. Jeff. Ain't happening. The next road trips. No. Unless it snows in Jacksonville. Well, that's, Detroit's that's our... a dome. Atlanta's a dome. Mm-hmm. And Jacksonville? Jacksonville is the that's only one. right? Yeah, Jacksonville is the only one. I don't think I want to experience If we get snow, snow in, Jacksonville. in Jacksonville, that's not going to be good, period. No, I don't want that. Just saying. Go ahead. I have family in Tampa and fell in love with the Bucks when I was a peewee fullback and idolized Mike Allstott. All right. They used the fullback in Pee Wee. Back then, maybe, yeah. That sounds like a thankless job for an eight-year-old. Yeah. Go block that guy. <laughs> Go run into that guy so our star running back. Maybe run he's a very large young young man. Maybe he was a, maybe he was an all, Mike Allstott type of fullback, yeah. and that he also got the ball. Yeah, there you go. I hope so. I actually think James. Hey, Green Bay uses a fullback now, so yeah, Danny Vitale. Yes, a, former Buccaneer. Yeah, and former Northwestern. No, jeez, I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah you did. <laughs> I actually think Jameis. This is him again. Right. Has been rather consistent for the last few games. Okay. I think that's true. Fair. Clearly, we have no problem putting points on the board. Yeah, True. Coach was saying when we're yep. scoring this much, we really should be winning. Yep. But just need more help from the secondary, keeping their teams off it. Fine, that's yeah, all fair. that's fair. When everyone talks about Jameis' decision-making on throws, nobody ever asks, and he's got this in quotes, can he see? What? I, yeah, I always see him squinting on the sidelines, especially when he's watching plays on the Jumbotron. Does he just need some rec specs? Thanks, guys, Mike in Connecticut. Yeah, I can't say I, I know, and I and I also can tell you I'm not going to walk up to Jameis. Go, are you having trouble seeing? Yeah, um, I don't think that's a question that I you would th- appreciate. Yeah, I think that's. Listen, there's no way that a player's going to have an undiagnosed vision yes. problem when you're paying these guys millions of dollars. dollars. You're just not going right. to. Hey, by the way, can you see? And you can squint sometimes when you're looking at the, the boards because of the sun, out. and and yeah, and. What you see on TV and what you're seeing in the stadium field level is a whole different. I never seem squinting or walking around the building around here. No, I, I have a hard time feeling there's any vision issues yeah. for Jameis. When I see him, I'm going to ask. Him. Are you really? Yeah, I am. I'm going to say, hey, you know, we do the salty dogs. I have a good relationship with him, so okay. I am going to. I'm going to I go, think I do too. I'm going to go. Why are you always squinting at the board? I'm going to ask him. Okay. And see what he says. I just think if you I, risk what? irritating a guy with a question like that. Well, but then again, you d- you never worry about that. Yeah, well, I'm a salty dog. You tell I, it like I, it is. Yes, yes. Come on. All right, that was quick. now they're gonna hold me to it. But if I <laughs> well, I, you should. You well, just promised. Well, when I see him, I'm gonna ask him if I can remember. It's kind of oh, okay. So the other day, when <laughs> a few weeks ago, when you knew that I had uh, said something incorrect about you, I could remember that you you made a point of going up and finding the part 
in the episode two weeks later. And I'll tell you why I did where that. Where it was. Do you know why I did that? To because it was, wrong. no, because it was such a stupid thing to, to say. And I was not going to let people like, around I'm, the world <laughs> think, I don't know, you know, well, you can't use coins in the UK. <laughs> what? So I had to prove that because you were adamant that I was. And then you even threw that. I the, threw the fan the, under you, the bus. You threw the Brit underneath the bus. Which she going, didn't say it And either. she didn't. But you were like, well, there's two of us. So Somebody came up to us in, in the hallway the other day and said that they were like yelling it when they were here. And it was like, no, he never said that. <laughs> so. Well, at least they're listening. But but you promised the fans you're going to go ask a player or something. And maybe I'll remember. All maybe right, I just, I'll, I'll write myself a note right now. I'm going to write myself a note, and when you don't remember, I'm going to let the whole world know. All right. All right. Um, this comes. This one I just pulled off of Twitter, um, and it's from Vinny Antonarelli, at Almighty Vin, mm-hmm. with two ends. Okay, so I had tweeted some stuff about what I was just talking about, about the two-minute offense, mm-hmm. and he says, can we just run our two-minute offense the whole game? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that old joke, why don't yeah. they make the whole plane out of the black box material? Right. Uh, I understand. I totally get the point. And you could maybe make an argument that if the Bucks and Jameis Winston in particular, are so good at the hurry-up to use the hurry-up at some times elsewhere in the game. And I think we probably do from time to time. Well, I think a good example is Arizona was running hurry-up almost the entire game. That's their offense. That's their offense that Cliff Kingsbury brought in. Mm -hmm. That's just the way they operate. Mm -hmm. Because I was saying at one point in that, I was saying to the person sitting next to him, like, shouldn't they be trying to take a little more time off the clock here? And it's like, that's just, that offense doesn't have that. And this person had seen a similar offense at their college. And they're like, sometimes it's frustrating because you don't, there are situations where you'd like to slow it down, mm-hmm. but that's not part of that offense. That's mm-hmm. not how it operates. So um, you do see teams that have some success with hurry up, not like Cliff Kingsbury's office, but an offense, but a more normal well, thing. And I, they and use it from time to time in other situations. And I think I think defenses play differently exactly. in, in two minutes. That was that, my next point. Yeah. So go ahead. You no, might, no, you're well, up. Well, I just I was thinking about it, and it's it. It's just a different scenario in the game. It's not the same. When we get the ball, in, for instance, in this last time, and we need 92 yards, and it's probably going to be our last shot. We could conceivably have punted, stopped them, and got it back. But mm-hmm. come on, most no, times you-, you do that, you're done. So it was probably our last shot. The other team is going to play more cover two and more safe coverages. Not necessarily the prevent, but yeah. c- safer stuff. Keep everything in front of you. You can't give up the big play. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So um, and race against the clock. And so that's why Coach Arian said um, he was talking about this and he was talking about two minute stuff in particular. He said, well, one of the things is preparation and knowing the looks you're probably going to get in that situation and against that particular team. So you can kind of anticipate where you're going to be going with the ball anyway. So a lot of that has to do with the situation because of what the defense is doing. That makes it the right time to do a hurry up. Also, the fact that you don't have any time and you have to hurry up. But you see my point. Mm-hmm. So I think that has a lot to do with it. I don't think. Unless you're a specialty offense like the Cardinals, I don't think you'd want to go hurry up all the time because you're you're uh, obviously sometimes you're going to fail, right? And if you're constantly going fast and getting off the field quickly, now you're putting your defense back out there. I mean, there's something to be said for sustained drives, right? Yes. So I understand the point, and there's maybe yeah. some value to mixing in more hurry up, but there's a reason why teams don't just do it the whole game, and also that. It, it, we, earlier I said it was a chess match, and it is because you pl- you call plays to set up a play later on. That's a good point. And if you're running a hurry-up all the time, you know, you're setting up plays that they're going to work during the hurry-up period. Okay. So I say that's why. And you don't want to wear your players out. Right. Okay. Yeah, think about those offensive linemen if you're constantly oh, running, up, they're yeah. running up and down the field. Poor guys. All right, one more question, and then we'll be done. All right. Yo, Salty Ones. 
I just got around to listening to last week's podcast on Monday morning, the one with Matt Gay. That was last week. Yeah. So I was thinking, and maybe I shouldn't say this out loud, is the kicker situation finally solved? I felt like they probably would have wanted to whisper that. Yeah. It's been so long. Matt made all his kicks in that Arizona game. I know he got one do-over, but he made that. Mm -hmm. I'll admit, after the last Bucks touchdown, I was nervous about the extra point. Just because of all the kicker issues of the last, I don't know, how many years. That's how they wrote it, the last, I don't know, how many years. Maybe eight or nine. Yeah. But he made it just fine, and I told myself I was dumb to have been worried. I think I'm still going to worry next time, though. Anyways, what do you guys think? Is Matt the guy? Is it over? Thanks. A guy named Mark Willis, he didn't tell me. Either he didn't tell me or I didn't copy the part where it says where yeah. he's from. I uh, Time will tell, but I think it's off to a good start. You know, yeah. I mean, I think it's off to a good start. And if you really look around the league – Everybody seems to be having kicking problems because the league did what they wanted to do. Extra point is no longer there. And Martin Gramatica, when we had him on, made an interesting comment about the problem with moving the extra point back is you got no gimmies to give you right. confidence to make you feel good about yeah, yourself. But that's how the game's changed, and you got mm-hmm. that's you just got to adjust to it and be that guy. That's just like Matt Gay was saying last week when we started talking. I actually said it, but he agreed that fifty is the new forty. I mm-hmm. mean, Martin, when he was making fifty and fifty-one yarders. Everybody's rightfully impressed. And now you kind of almost expect him yeah. to make 50 yards. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, no question. I and mean, they put that rookie the, in the game last night, that guy that they had just signed to yep. replace Robbie Gold, who, who was injured. He yep. made one really big kick. And I'm pretty sure the one that they gave, let him have a try to win the game was 47 yards. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about a guy you don't know anything about, hardly. You don't know how he's going to handle the pressure. And of course, he did shank it. But you don't think 47 yards is out of the question. That. No. It's a normal field goal. Now. Yeah, I, it, it's not one of those where you're going, we're really on a limb here. It's your best shot, so kick it. You know. So when we scored that touchdown, I guess their point was that made it 29 to 27, mm-hmm. and if we had missed the extra point, now Arizona can win with a field goal. And, and if that had happened, that's exactly what you would have been thinking, like, here we go. Mm-hmm. So it didn't happen. He drilled it just fine, and, and that's I'm starting week by week to feel – I understand this person's point. You don't want to believe. But think about – when things have gone wrong with the kickers in many, many recent years, it's usually gone wrong early and and often, right? Mm. At this point, the guy's getting pretty darn established. Yeah. I think he I think he's the answer. I think I I think he's also really grounded. Yeah. And it helps he, to be like twenty six and married. And yes. Right. He he seems very, very grounded and, and all kickers are a little quirky. He but, doesn't seem quirky. But he didn't. No, he doesn't. Not at all. So I hope I hope it is. I mean, we certainly invested a lot of things in trying to find kickers. So we tried you know, every which you, way. You love your kicker until you don't. We signed a Danish guy earlier in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, so we'll see. I don't, yeah, we'll see. Obviously, we can't well, say for sure. We don't we like don't wanna, we don't, I'm going to knock on some wood. Well, I was just going to say, we don't really like to talk about it. Wood, Jeff. No, it's not. Just knock on your head. You're good. Huh. Huh. Um, there's a table over there. I'm going to take if, my headset off and go knock on if, it. If, um, well, one of the, th- yeah, we could hear that. One of the things that we did, we, a little inside stuff, is we talked about talking to Matt Gay earlier <laughs> in the podcast, and we both decided that he was kicking so He'd well. Made, like, 18 yeah, around. we didn't want to talk to him this at is all. This a true story. And, and so we said, no, you know what? We don't want to do that because if he misses, then it's kind of like, it's well, we fault. jinxed it. So, unfortunately, he did miss he it. He missed we got him one on the, kick, yeah, and so we, like, okay, the streak's <laughs> over. It's safe. Yeah, Nobody will blame yeah, us. Get him on the show. And there, he didn't. He has missed. He didn't miss no. any. So he was six for six in that game. So if anything happens, it, it's not our fault. Yeah, not superstitious at all. <laughs> 
I, I readily admit to being superstitious. Well, I'm always. I, it's kind of like, what if? I'm I'm that guy. I'm not really superstitious. But what happens? It really is this. So. <laughs> I just didn't want to hear it from the other people around the building. Well, there's I mean, the PR so, guys go. You have so, Mike on. Yeah. Talking about how he's been perfect, and then this happens. Whose fault is that? Yeah, self-preservation, special teams coach season, the dining room. <laughs> nice, thanks. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, so, but, yeah, hopefully, and we'll, we'll you know what, you're going to know in a few years whether whether it's done I feel not. good about it, though. Mm-hmm. I, I feel too. better about it than I have about any of the other options. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, when we drafted Roberto Aguayo so high, you thought, well, obviously, this kid must be great. And maybe in an alternate universe, he could have been, and something happened. Yeah. In his head or whatever. Mental, yeah. Who knows? But it didn't work out. But that one was clear right from the beginning. You were worried, right? Because he kept shanking balls in, in training camp. Yeah. He, you were worried right from the beginning, like, mm, what's, what's going, going on, on here? Yeah. None of that with Matt. He was fantastic in training camp. Yeah, he missed. Really, the big blip was the miss at the end of the Giants game. But yeah. we're still only talking about three missed field goals. Mm-hmm. He, he, right now, if the season ended, he'd have the second highest single season field goal percentage in Bucks history. So it's going well. Yeah, definitely is. I yeah, it's plus it, the fact that you can feel good about him potentially making it from fifty-eight, which he already has done. He, I like watching him during practice or or during warm-ups, you know, because then I get an idea how you know what the range is. What's the range going to be? So and, does he sometimes go back to like sixty-five or something like that? Uh, he was at like fifty-eight. Fifty-eight. Yeah, and so if I and so I like to do the math on it and watch and then decide which which way and then I write it down as a mental note in case we get into that situation. Which way the wind is blowing? Which way, yes. And also, but you know what's funny about Raven James Stadium, and everybody always jokes about the swirling winds, but if you if it's windy that day, if you look up at the flags, the flags are going different directions. It's the top of the building. Yes. Very weird. So, I don't know. Not my problem. Nope. Not, not a kicker. Nope, 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 nope. Okay. All right. We're what, done. What is my problem is New Orleans Saints. I have to go back to doing more boring work than this podcast. Yes. Which is a nice break in the middle of the day. Yeah. Kind of crazy. It's kind of nice. It, it, it's nice. I, I, I hope to have another victory to, uh, Monday. That was nice yesterday. Stack them up. Yep. Today. Yesterday was Monday. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying that was a nice day. Today, not so much. <laughs> you mean you enjoyed Victory Monday? I did enjoy Victory Monday. Uh, it was nice. Day like- after Victory Monday, Tuesday has not been going so well. <laughs> well, that sounds like a personal problem. Hey, it's just life. You mentioned how nice it was to have a Saturday. What yeah. I really enjoyed the most this weekend was after the game was over, I didn't have to go get on a bus and then on a plane. Yes. Uh, I was expecting a bus to pull up in front of the house <laughs> to take me to the stadium. Uh, it was very, very weird. And it was also really was very nice that after the game was over with, we got off the air, got home by 630, and it was nice to be able to flip the, a game on, mm-hmm. sit back, and just kind of like watch the end, of the, watch the, end of the game, and you're not on an airplane. You're not, you know, waiting to, to get home. So that was nice. I didn't want to watch any highlights, though, because all of my fantasy teams absolutely Oh, I forgot. I forgot to ask. I oh, got to, I had remember I told you I forget things? Everybody everybody was terrible. My team scored no points. And so and I got destroyed. So you're now. No, I'm still in the playoff picture. No, I'm still. I'm six and four. I'm still right there. But um, all right. that was not a good week for me. Okay. Well, you know what? In the Buccaneers fantasy challenge, which yes. includes nine fantasy Fans is the guy still us. winning? Still, is he? Uh, he's only lost one game. Yeah, to me. Yeah, but he's still. So the week after beating, the so team, he won last week. Yeah, he beat Casey. Ah, barely. Mm-hmm. The week after, no, I, there's no barely beating anybody. He Either beat you by eight, eight points. It, you, one point, you win. It's not you win barely. Only time I know it counts the same, but you barely won. 
I'm not saying it only counts for point one of a win. There's no, there's no style points in fantasy football. I didn't say there was. I'm just simply numerically, that's barely, barely winning. Anyway, just to flog myself even farther, right. one week after beating the only undefeated team, I then lost to the last place team. Wow. Yeah. Kind of sounds like uh, New Orleans against the <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. All right. All right. Since you did, thanks for listening.